Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. UPS is hiring day sort warehouse workers in our Louisville, Kentucky hub. Our warehouses are team settings where everyone truly has each other's backs, and we work together to deliver what matters to customers and communities. We're paying $20 an hour and offer great benefits, including up to $25,000 in tuition assistance. Eligibility begins the day you're hired. Shift your future, shift your team, shift your life. Visit upsjobs.com to apply. That's upsjobs.com. Make the shift, make a difference. Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com. Time now for Dan Issel and Louis Rabot, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, everybody. This is Issel and Louie on ESPN 680 105.7. We appreciate you joining us this morning. And as always, the first hour of the show is brought to you by KentuckyTourism.com. Good morning, Lewis. How are you, my buddy? I'm good, Dan. How are you, man? I'm terrific. Were you old enough? You had to have been. Yeah, you were in college when, when all of the MLK, when the assassination happened and everything, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, of course, uh, it, living in the north, right outside of Chicago, uh, you know, all of that stuff was kind of foreign to me. The fact that, uh, you know, there were separate drinking fountains and you, you blacks couldn't eat in white restaurants and all of that stuff, because I never experienced any of that growing up, but it certainly caught your attention every day watching on tv it was uh, the vietnam war and the civil rights movement do you do you kind of smile when people tell you that today it's worse than it's ever been or people are more divided than they've ever been in this country thinking about that era i you know i uh, i think people are more divided but i think they're they're more divided along political views Instead of black and white, I mean, there's uh, no question. I mean, I'm, I, I don't mean to downplay that, but it, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it certainly is a lot different uh, than when I was in high school or college, uh, and it's got a ways to go. But um, you know, I I think it's it's moving in the right direction. But like I said, I think the divide anymore in this country is over your political views, not uh, not race. Or <laughs> giant full-scale wars with a draft and those sorts of things. It's so, yeah. All right, this is little Louie here on MLK Junior Day. Uh, Monday morning at 11 uh, with our friends at Buckler Farms. We'll talk about Buckler Farms at, at 11 o'clock. Excited to have them uh, join the show. I uh, want to get your reaction. Obviously, a, um, a very, very good <laughs> outcome for Kentucky basketball on Saturday. Unbelievable. Um, and it came about through circumstances that I don't think you or I saw coming, which was that it was actually Severe Wheeler that had to sit out the game and force a lineup change. Well, um, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to stop you right there. If you go back to the beginning of the season, I'm going to throw the red flag on this, Louie, like the progressive uh, yeah, commercials. <laughs> I'm, not saying, go, I'm not saying you and I didn't. We're going to go back to the tape. 
because I'm not saying you I and I said, didn't say we shouldn't do this. I'm just saying I, we assumed it wouldn't happen unless it was forced upon John Kelly. Right. No. Oh, okay. no. Okay. You're absolutely right about that. But I think if you go back to the beginning of the season, you'll hear us talk about is Kentucky a better team with Cason Wallace running the point. And, and you know, you, you, I, I had to walk that back a little bit. Uh, people say, what, are you stupid? He's first team all SEC. He leads the conference in assists. Sure. Are you stupid? I think it was, I think it, I was vindicated a little bit on Saturday. This is a better basketball team without Severe Wheeler. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when he is on the court, he dominates the ball. He dominates the offense. He does nothing but try to get the ball into Oscar. He he isn't that good a perimeter shooter. He he makes some horrendous decisions, and uh, he can't make a free throw. So I, you know, I, I that was one of the biggest takeaways from me. Saturday's game. This is a better team when Severe Wheeler doesn't play. I thought the thing that stood out, they get down 8 nothing early, and I think, here we go. Yeah. Right? Of course. Right? I mean, I think I'm sure lots of people thought that. Um, if you were in the part of the fan base that thought, oh, they're down 8 nothing at Tennessee, no big deal. Um, good for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you know something I don't know. Uh, but they get down 8 nothing, and I think, crap. And then they, you know, they, they hit a bucket, and then the next possession down, Frederick fights through a screen, and there's a turnover. And the game turned on that play. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, someone on UK's team actually fought through a screen. Yep. yep. And it set a tone that, that emanated throughout the game. And <clears throat> I didn't think it would come from C.J. Frederick. <laughs> but who cares where it comes from when it, when it works, right? And, yeah. and so in this yeah. case, yeah. you know, if Frederick's willing to fight through screens, and look, the rest of the game, Case Walls is still backing off of screens and guys are taking threes. I, I think that's one of the... If you wanted to find a negative thing about Saturday was, I mean, Tennessee couldn't make a three-pointer to save their life. Well, and and, and let's not get carried away, Louie. This was not, uh, on some aspects, this was not a thing of beauty. How you go into Knoxville and win a basketball game shooting 35% from the floor. Uh, I mean, you know, we there, there's still a lot of work to be done, but... But there are there were so many positives to take away from this game, uh, and, and to me, to me the biggest one was the fight, the heart, uh, the, the 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 toughness that this Kentucky team showed to me for the very first time this year. You've been begging and, for it, and, yeah, yeah, and 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 there have been several things that have been credited uh, with this. Uh, one was Cal took away all their phones and iPads <laughs> on Friday night and said, get a good night's sleep and don't pay attention to any of this stuff, which I think is always a good idea. Mm. Uh, and, and the other thing was a players-only meeting. But they showed, they showed some intestinal fortitude here. You, you mentioned Fredericks, and that's what got it started. Yeah. But they were, and, and you're right, you're right. Tennessee missed a, a lot of three pointers, three for twenty-one. I think they missed four or five, just point blank yeah, for sure. layups yeah. that weren't even contested. I remember one time on a fast break, Louis Ziegler was all alone oh my gosh, for yes. a layup yeah. and did not hit the rim. 
I've got seven-year-old grandson who hits the rim on a layup. I mean, how do you have an uncontested layup? I'll tell you how. And, and not even hit the rim. I'll tell you how. It's because they he was here in footsteps because Kentucky was playing with that kind of defensive intensity. You and I, you have talked about it. This roster is not a ten years ago Cal loaded kind of roster. They're going to have to win a lot of games like this. This is ha- this is going to have to be their style. When Oscar Shibway is the cornerstone of your team, it's about rebounding and defense. And this is how they're going to have to win. And a guy on Tennessee gets a wide open <laughs> break for for a layup, and he hears footsteps to the point that he doesn't hit the rim. That he looks like a U of L forward. <laughs> That's how bad it was. But I think, I think, I think, no, I think, I think this, for this season, the strategy is going to have to be dogs on defense and then get the, get, make buckets when you're open. And, and, you know, Oscar, go get the rebounds. I I don't, I don't know that it's any more complicated than that. Yeah, probably not. But, but again, so many good things. Uh, The, the effort. Uh, as you said, the defensive intensity, you didn't, you saw guys fighting over screens. Uh, you saw, you didn't see as many straight line drives to the basket. People were staying in front of it. Uh, on the offensive end, Louie, I was impressed with the way that we executed. I mean, when you were supposed to set a screen, you set a screen. Even my man Jacob Toppin, who ha- who runs from contact, set a couple of just bone-jarring screens in the offense and got people open. And we played offensively. Kentucky played around Oscar instead of through Oscar. And, and if you have a if you have a, a low post player who can't pass out of the double team and who can't make a free throw. Well, that's 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 not fair, but it's not a very good free throw shooter. Um, you can't play through him; you play around him, and as a result, he got some open jumpers that he stuck in. But but I thought our execution on offense was much better. I'm sitting there watching this team that I haven't seen, and I'm thinking to myself, why did it take two months? For this to happen, the other the other very very impressive thing, uh, Louis, was that Kentucky out rebounded Tennessee forty three to twenty three, mm-hmm. and and here's what I liked about that: people weren't standing around waiting for Oscar to get the rebound; they were going and getting the rebound themselves. Toppin had eight rebounds. Livingston, in his short time, had four. Uh, Reeves had four rebounds. Ware in seven minutes had three rebounds. They weren't just standing there expecting Oscar to get the rebound. They went in and got the rebound. Now, and they made they kept making this point. And by the way, wasn't it refreshing to get the A team? To announce this game, I mean, we got we got Dan Schulman and and, and and Jay Billis, and it, and I thought it was really good that you had a, an analyst actually analyzing the game instead of explaining where he had dinner the night before. So it was it was good to get rid of frickin' frack and to have this this announcing team. But what they what they kept saying was this Kentucky team is not a good sh- uh, free throw shooting team. Mm. And they're and they're shooting free throws. 
Well, let's look a little, let's, let's peel the onion back a little bit. This is not a good free throw shooting team when Oscar Sheepway and Kaysen Wallace and Severe Wheeler are taking the majority of your free throws. That's why they're not a good free throw shooting team. On Saturday, who was getting the free throws? Reeves gets there eight times, doesn't miss one. Fredericks gets there twice, doesn't miss one. Livingston gets there twice, doesn't miss one. Thierro, who I thought, if you look at his stat line, you say, well, he didn't get much done. I thought he was terrific. He makes four of four. So the reason they were making the free throws on Saturday were the guys, it was because the guys you want shooting the free throws were the ones that were getting uh, to the line. Now, there's still, I mean, the negative, the, 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 the shooting percentage, they still had five more turnovers than they had assists. So uh, Tennessee certainly helped with their lack of shooting. But I thought there were a number of very positive things to take away from this game. You know, you mentioned Thierro, and I think that goes to a point that you had been talking about earlier in the season. This is Isla Louie here on 680-1057 taking you up until noon, that so much of this stuff is mental stuff, right? And you've talked about the mental nature of this team. And I think some people probably hear it and they roll their eyes and, oh, Dan's talking about players being soft and back in my day. And uh, No, that's not what you were doing. <laughs> Purely put, Adutiero doesn't see the, the floor for a month. He comes in and he drains all his free throws on the road against a top five opponent. Yep. That's mental stuff, yep. period, right? And so it's been, you know, Saturday was, was a wake up of, you know, hey, Toppin, you can actually set screens and you won't die. <laughs> You'll be okay. Like some of that stuff, sometimes you just need to go do it. And, and I think that's been your point is, you know, hey, how, what's the adjustment they have to make? And you've been like, Louie, they, they need to just go do it. And, and I think your point about the free throws is especially well taken, that if it's going to be Oscar, if it's going to be Savir taking the free throws, you're, you're, you're essentially playing roulette. And you're, you're hoping <laughs> that, you, that your, your four-quarter play hits. But in, instead, if you get the guys who actually can shoot in positions uh, to, to take free throws, then you're going to get better results. I also thought with this game that it just the size of Kentucky bothered Tennessee and it's something that you and I have talked about with with Xavier Wheeler is that we assumed eventually Casey Wallace would move into that spot because eventually then everyone on the floor is six four taller and you would just cause matchup problems especially for guards in the SEC and I think we saw a bit of that on Saturday where you've got you know even CJ Frederick who isn't the biggest guy but when he fights through a screen and he's six three and he's one eighty and severe will is five nine man, yeah. I mean we're talking yeah. we're talking half a foot. I mean that's a, that's a big difference in in, in you know no in play. question. And if he's listed at five nine, how tall is he usually? Um, so you know, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, texture on the text line. We're getting a fair number of them. Four three seven nine six eight UPS jobs text line. Toppin getting a couple steals and having eight rebounds and five assists while shooting only one of five was a first and impressive outing to me because usually he checks out if he's not scoring. I think that's very true, and that's what yeah, Dan was getting to. Was good point. If you set those screens, at least, you know, sometimes in in games, and, and this probably doesn't apply to you because scoring was your first intuition, your first, you know, notion in basketball. But And only. Right. But if you're if you're getting <laughs> if you're setting those screens, if the if if the game is physical, if you feel involved it's a different feeling than just standing around on the outside missing shots going, okay, the only thing I'm trying doesn't work. Yeah. And so, no, I, I text her. I think that totally checks out. And so, no, he's, he's exactly right. And, and Adutiero, by the way, fits that mold too. He's a, he's a you know, longer guy. 
Reeves comes in. I thought he, you know, for how spotty his minutes have been, and you've been a little critical of, of the rotation patterns and how much time guys actually get to figure it out. I thought that while, you know, it was, you know, he gets the 18 points, um, you know, in the game, he hits a third of his threes. Again, it was that mental part when he gets to the line, he drains all of them, right? Mm. And they needed all of them. So, no, yeah. it, it was no, it was nice to did. see a couple of guys yeah. figure it out. I, I wanted to ask you, or go ahead, you know, do you have any other notes about the game? No, I, I was just going to say that the texture's right about Toppin because, you know, he, he goes one for five from the field yep. and, and, and scores five points. I thought it was the best game that Jacob <laughs> Toppin has played this year yep. because of what I said before. He, he was setting good, solid screens, getting guys open. And, uh, you know, Fredericks and Reeves were, were knocking down the shots that, that they're supposed to knock down. Uh, and but he he doesn't stand around and wait for Oscar to get the rebound. He goes he goes after the ball and has the eight the eight rebounds and five assists. I mean that's that's unbelievable. He's uh, you know Cason uh, had six and he's second on the team with with five. I I thought it was the best game I've seen Toppin play. Do you want to know what greatness is, Dan? We haven't mentioned Oscar Shibway at all, and he went for fifteen and thirteen. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, you, that's great. You know, you you can just kind of pencil that in. I, I know. I was I was I was most happy with the way that he got his fifteen points. I mean, uh, you know, he he popped out. He he was part of the offense, not the offense, and that's what I like most about. How it. much did you love that face up ten footer? I know, I know. Oh man, I know. that was he beautiful. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> and and I'm and I'm going to say this about uh, the man who can't coach anymore. <laughs> I thought he came up, uh, and this is especially for you, BBN Billy. I thought he came up with a really good game plan, and that was they were going to let Oscar play the big guy straight up, and and he played he played well. Uh, he only had three rebounds. I, I don't know how a seven foot two guy who plays twenty five minutes only gets three rebounds, one defensive rebound. But he was nine for eleven from the field and scored nineteen points. But as we've said over and over again, one guy, and I don't care how many points he scores or or how how often you know he's he's open. One guy cannot beat you, and that's basically if you take his nine for eleven out of their shooting percentage, they're horrendous. And so um, I, I thought the game plan was pretty good too. So the same texture pointing out that uh, that Thiero, Reeves and Frederick did a great job bringing the ball up and running the point when Wallace was out. I so that kind of stood out to me. So Case Wallace doesn't play eighteen of the minutes, and that's an unusual stat for him. Um, and I didn't think of him as having a, a necessarily bad game because I thought his defense was very good. Um, even though the screen thing really bothers me, I get it. But I thought, you know, he draws a, draws a couple fouls. I, it, it, it's something that you've harped on too this year, which is lots of different guys can bring the ball up. <laughs> and, and so we saw that a little bit with Frederick, with a, uh, with a Thiero, with a, a Reeves um, this game. The thing that stands out about this team in the half court, Dan, is it seems like when Severe brings the ball up and he does his typical sprint to the three-point line, by the time that they, that he gets there, the only person who's in position is Oscar. So I think his first instinct is, oh, I'll give the ball to Oscar, and then the offense goes there, and then it's done. 
And instead, when these other guys bring the ball up, by the time they get to half court, the other guys are getting into their motion. And they're getting into position. They're getting into, you know, the top you know, the top corners or, or whatever it is, or maybe a deep corner for a three or, or whatever it might be at the free throw line. And so by them like actually being slower players than Savir, it actually seems to set up the offense any better. Did you see any of that on Saturday? Yeah, because the guys that are bringing the ball up, whether it's, whether it's uh, Thierro or Fredericks or, or somebody else, they're getting the ball over the half court and they're, getting, they're not dominating the ball. They, they realize you don't get any points for dribbling. And so when, when those guys bring the ball up the floor, they don't dominate the ball. They get the ball into motion and, and run the offense. And if you're running the offense and you're, when you're supposed to set a screen, you set a good hard screen. When you're supposed to make a cut, you make a good hard cut, even though the play isn't for you then you're going to be successful. And that's exactly what happened on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, really, really great outcome uh, for UK. Uh, needed that one. Those are, these are, you know, it's interesting, Dan, the, in, in previous seasons in the SEC, they wouldn't have had a lot of opportunities at good quad one and quad two wins. And now they, they're there in spades. And so this was, this was absolutely one that I did not see coming. I don't think you saw coming. And so for them to get this turnaround win uh, is a big one. They are back in action tomorrow. Uh, against Georgia, late late post game, eleven o'clock here on six eighty one zero five seven Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post game with Streetel and Ents tomorrow night. Um, do you, and they got to keep it going, Louis. Okay, so how how, and, do, how do they do that? Uh, with effort. Okay. That with 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 playing as hard a, as they did on Saturday, especially on the defensive end. Yeah. That was. I mean, you can you can look at all the stats and everything. To me, the biggest thing was the effort. I mean, they were actually they were actually trying to play basketball. And like I said, I don't know why it took two months to get there, and I hope it's permanent mm. for the rest of the season. But you know, this Georgia, I I was looking at oh, the they're, they're decent. Uh, you know, this this Georgia team, this this is no pushover. I mean, they they have a better record than Kentucky. Sure. They have sure. a, they they have a better record in the SEC than Kentucky, and so you know don't don't come back here and and put a South Carolina on us. Right. Come back here and play as hard as you do as you did Saturday, and play that hard for the rest of the season. And you have to you have to stop thinking preseason at this point. You have to live in reality of what your schedule is. South Carolina's one and three. LSU is one and four in the conference. Arkansas is one and four in the conference. Mississippi State started out ten and zero. They're one and four in the conference. Stop thinking about preseason. Stop thinking about streaks that were happening in the non-con. Alabama's five and zero. Texas A and M four and zero. They got to play A and M, you know, on Saturday. Um, this is a we're at the point where you have to forget what happened in the in the preseason, what you thought teams were in the preseason, and, and get to a point of the season where you're you, you are approaching teams where they are. Georgia's three and one. They swept the Mississippi schools, like you mentioned. Um, and that is not after I just gave these standings the most impressive thing that's ever. And happened. they beat, and but, they also beat Auburn. Boom, they beat Auburn. That's right. yeah. The only the only uh, team that they've lost to was um, what's the coach at Georgia that came from Florida? Uh, Mike White. Uh, yeah, he, my, the only game they lost was against White's old team right. at Florida. Well, and that uh, was on the road. And to your point, Auburn's only league loss is Georgia. 
So yeah. there, there is no there is no taking nights off in the SEC this year for nope. sure. And so nope. it, it'll you be better, you better come with that effort. But they also because of that. There's a lot of opportunities for Goodwins to build that resume back to where you're no not question. a ten seed and you can not have to play a one seed or a two seed the second. Yeah, second but, game but we but but Kentucky can't. They can't look forward. That, well, let's see uh, the next quad win we might get is Kansas. They they can't do that. They're not that good, Louie. They've got to look at winning tomorrow night. Period, and then winning the next the next game. Uh, you know, forget about. I hope. I hope one thing. I hope that Cal keeps their phones and their iPads. <laughs> I, I I hope he says that would be have, so. You can you can have these back at the end of the year. <laughs> you know, and we talk about this as far as needing to be intense on defense. The only game in which they won and a team scored seventy points was LSU. Otherwise, everyone scored in the fifties and sixties when they win. It is clear mm-hmm. what kind of team they are. The trend mm-hmm. is there. It yep. is established. The talent will be there next year, we hope, with that recruiting class. But at this point, right now, this is a grinder team. This is a, um, you know, get it done on the defensive end, figure it out in the half court, get the right guys open for shots, hit your free throws when you're at the line. That's what kind of team this is. And there's literally, as long as you win, who gives a damn how you play? Exactly. <laughs> I used to laugh when people, um, you know, would, would make fun of football teams that ran the ball four or five yards at a time. And, and won the games 21, you know, 17 or something like like when people are on here killed Chuck Strong for how he coached. I'm like, y'all are like nine and two. What are you what are you mad about? What is it? What's the complaint here? Well, like when they throw the ball around and I'm like, OK, OK, maybe. But like or you could win games. It's OK. That's OK, too. I just you know, and so uh, hopefully, you know, you know, could, hopefully this team, I don't care about, you know, how fans perceive that part of it. But hopefully players understand, hey, if we are, you know. If I'm willing to go through screens, if I'm topping and I'm willing to set screens, um, if you know Reeves, Reeves took a an offensive foul on Saturday toward the end of the game. That was, I mean, you couldn't draw it up better. Uh, you could not draw it up. I had to look twice at the number. I'm like, oh, that must have been Kaysen. That's Antonio Reeves. I literally did a double take because of the two on the end of his number. I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Now there was uh, there was great effort uh, from from everybody. From everybody, and uh, they they've just got to keep that going. Can we uh, can we listen to uh, some of this sound, Louis? Good idea. Yes, good idea. Uh, because I haven't heard any of this. Uh, uh, Avery Dill, crack with a K, producer. Uh, Avery, how about Cal number two? Uh, the weight has been lifted off this team. Off them, and I was doing everything I can. I was trying to put it all on my shoulders, but I know when you're at Kentucky, you know, it's, it, it's how many times this isn't for everybody. Mm. It's not for every coach. You got to understand we got fans that are engaged and they, they have, they're, you know, raging fans. And when it's good, they're raging. I remember we won the national title. We had people on the street in a nursing home out in the waving to the bus with walkers. What? I'm looking around like, what is this? So, yes. And then when it goes bad, it's some. But, again, you don't know who's on social media. My guess, too, is a lot of fans from other programs are hoping we die. And they shut that TV off today. They are so mad. (laughs) Oh, Cal. (laughs) He's... He's a beauty. 
out there in their walkers, <laughs> waving at the bus. There's like six different parts of that sound that are great. <laughs> it's all on my shoulders. This isn't for everybody. People in their walkers. Other people want us dead. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, well, he is he is right about about one thing. I don't know about the players. I mean, if you can play and you play hard, uh, the Kentucky fans will love you. Uh, but he's right about the coaches. They, this this program isn't for everybody. And uh, as I've said many times, you look back over the coaches that we've had here in the past, and there were a couple of them that didn't have the personality to, to coach at Kentucky, and this thing ran right over the top of them. So he is right about that one. Have you ever pushed your walker and waved to a bus, Dan? Uh, I have not. Okay. I have not. Okay. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure my walker days aren't too, aren't too far ahead of me. Thank, thank goodness I've been able to stay off of them this far. Can you imagine the size of that walker, Avery? It, it would be the size of me. Yeah, right. Like a six-foot-two walker. I'm going to have tennis balls on it, too, so, oh, it, doesn't, right. so it doesn't scoot away from I'll me. I'll get you a tennis ball sponsor, Dan. Oh, man. Well, good. Uh, is it sustainable long-term? We'll talk about that um, as we go throughout the show. Um, what are the things that have to happen for it to be sustainable? Um, good piece in The Athletic about who can actually win the title in basketball. Uh, UofL. I could not disagree with this uh, with this article I, more. I, I understand we have to, before we talk about it, we have to give the premise on why Seth Davis has come up with this, which I thought was cool. Go ahead. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. But oh, okay. I could, but you disagree but, with his outcome, yeah, right. Oh, if he thinks there's only eight teams that can win the <laughs> national championship, I got news for old Seth. Yep. All right, well, good. That, that's why I put it on there, because I thought you would disagree with it. Um, <laughs> UofL gets, uh, gets beat up at home, um, and then I, I do want to kind of talk about that Georgia game a little bit. And, of course, the NFL delivers like it always does. Uh, this is Isla and Louis for the show. What a great weekend of football. Of course. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't need more playoff football. Shut up person that said that um <laughs> we will talk about those things first hour of the show brought to you by our friends at kentucky tourism and kentucky tourism.com if you're planning any of those trips perhaps to a gallery to an art museum or to just a different kind of museum check all those out at kentucky tourism.com maybe some of those concerts that you want to dig into as we get into the colder months of the year on the other end uh is this sustainable long term for uk basketball we ask dan here on 680 1057 This segment with Dan Issel and Louis Rabot is presented by KentuckyTourism.com. And welcome back, everyone. This is Issel and Louis on ESPN 680 105.7. However you're listening to us this morning, we appreciate you tuning in. And as the man with a big voice just said, this hour of the show is brought to you by Kentucky Tourism. You know, it's never too early to start making those summer vacation plans. And when you do, there's no better place than the bluegrass state. Hike, bike, paddlefish, or even venture deep underground, this is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Plan your getaway today at KentuckyTourism.com. 
All right. Well, uh, Tennessee, or excuse me, Kentucky gets the win at Tennessee, uh, 63-56 on Saturday. Dan and I have been discussing that game and the long-term prospects for this UK team. Um, I'm not sure that this is the win that has already put them back into a non-play-in game type of situation or whatever they were looking at because, I, unfortunately, I think that South Carolina loss um, was so bad that, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but South Carolina is the second lowest rated Power 6 team above Louisville. <laughs> and so Kentucky went 500 against those two teams, which is not good, um, unfortunately, it's for them. No, um, no, that, uh, that, this, is, uh, this is just a step in the right direction. This, uh, this certainly has to continue. The effort has to continue. And uh, there, have to be, there, there has to be more big wins down the line than just this one. So um, Louisville gets a lead in the first half, you know, and so they do the opposite of what Kentucky did. They were up a 14-7 to in this game against UNC. And then from there, um, I haven't done the math, but Louisville scores essentially 45 more points, and um, they, they get outscored 63-45 to mm-hmm. the rest of the game. Or excuse me, 73-45 to the rest of the game. Dan, the 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 two locals did the opposite of each other. Uh, Louisville actually, you know, got the lead and, and and gave it away. Kentucky got down eight nothing, and I think that's an underrated part of what happened in the Georgia or excuse me in the uh, Tennessee game was that they outscored Tennessee by almost fifteen sixteen the rest of the way. What is there anything to say about this U of L team any, at this point? And by the way, an actual real crowd showed up on Saturday too for that. Yeah, game. no, that was that that was the number one takeaway for me. I, I didn't see that many. Of course, it's North Carolina, and uh, you know it's a it's a nice start time. Uh, it, it, what was it? Two o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and um, uh, but no, no. To answer your question, of course, uh, Louisville was without uh, uh, Hatfield, uh, Huntley Hatfield, which is a huge loss. Uh, but no, I mean you get this is what you get from from Louisville. They shoot 37% from the floor. That's that's their typical game. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, they get out-rebounded. They have four, five, six assists. Uh, you know, and you get mediocre performances from everything, from everybody but L. Ellis. And so, uh, you know, here, here's, a, here's another hole that pops up for Louisville. Uh, they're 18 for 28 from the free throw line. L. Ellis is nine for nine. So, you know, I went to Kentucky. My math isn't very good. But I believe that means the rest of the team was nine for 19 from the free throw line. Um, so, no, no, I'm not, no surprises. This is what Louisville has given you most of the year. And this is what Louisville is going to give you the rest of the year. Because unlike Kentucky, and we've talked about it for two months now, that the effort is not there. The effort, I think, is there for Louisville. They just aren't any good. Hmm. Interesting. Um, texts are pointing out that Texas A&M beat South Carolina in Columbia by 41. <laughs> the schedule, man. Tennessee, yeah. But but Texter, Tennessee beat them by 43, too. That's the hope. Uh, yep. Texter, uh, I drove by Baranos Bowman Field on Saturday, and the parking lot was full. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, Dan and I just elevating everybody. Look at that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I you know I think the reason that the, mm-hmm. that Bear knows at Bowman Field 
is doing so well, Louie, is the word is out. You can get my mustard to put on your pizza at Bear Nose. Just elevating I think that, everybody. That, that's what's packing them in. <laughs> Just mustard pizza all over the place. <laughs> I, you know, I heard the bestseller on Saturday was uh, pepperoni and bacon, and instead of marinara sauce, people were just using yellow mustard. There you go. Yeah, no, it's a, it's there a you huge go. seller. Um, the man, I hope like three people got that joke. Uh, the <laughs> so Seth Davis does have this article. I guess we can get into it now. Oh yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> I thought we'd talk more about the UFL game, but I, you're you're right. There's not a lot because uh, we we need some stuff to talk about because the uh, Monday morning moron isn't very long. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll join in then. How about that? Um, okay. The uh, so go ahead and uh, kind of set up the article here. This is on the Athletic. I think it. Yeah, it came out uh, in the middle of the night, frankly. Um, and this is uh, one of Kansas, Purdue, UCLA, and five others will win the college basketball title from Seth Davis. Um, and notice that Alabama is not listed amongst those three teams. So go ahead, Dan, talk about this. Yeah, well, the the, the genesis of this of, of this article is you remember the soccer journalist Grant Wall that that died unexpectedly at the World Cup. Yep. Uh, he he worked for Sports Illustrated, which is who Seth Davis worked for, and and evidently uh, every year he would come up in in January with his Magic Eight column, the eight the eight uh, <clears throat> the eight teams uh, that o- only eight teams in his mind that had a chance to win the national championship, <laughs> and he did it for seven years. Grant's Magic Eight, and only once in 2003, when Syracuse won, did somebody outside of his Magic Eight in January win the national championship. And so, kind of as a tribute to Grant Wall, Seth Davis has has taken up the Magic Eight, and so he he has eight teams uh, that he suspects the national championship will come from. And you know it's all it's all the people you would expect Alabama yeah Houston yeah Kansas yeah Purdue maybe uh, TCU maybe Texas maybe UCLA no way in hell I watched UCLA I watched UCLA in Colorado um, on Saturday Colorado is awful. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrible. You love their coach. I love their coach. Oh, okay. I love their coach. <laughs> they stink. And in the second <laughs> and in the second half, they had a nine point lead at UCLA. Oof. There's no way. I don't know how UCLA beat Kentucky. Well, I do know how. They played hard and, and Kentucky didn't. Hmm. But Virginia, <laughs> yeah. And then and then the next eight out he has. Uh, Arizona, Baylor, Creighton, Gonzaga, Kansas State, Tennessee, UConn, and Xavier. Um, and so, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, right now, if you held a gun to my head, I think I'd pick Alabama to win the national championship. Um, they're, they, they're just a complete team, and they've got a great coach. Uh, but, Louie, are you aware – that 13 uh, again my math isn't real solid here but i believe that's over half of the 25 ranked t- 
teams, college basketball teams, lost on Saturday and Sunday. I, I noticed that as well, yes. 13 of the 25 ranked teams lost on Saturday and Sunday. So, I, you know, if, if you're – and I understand it's a tribute to Wall – but if if you're gonna if you're gonna try to predict who what eight teams have a chance to win the national championship, I, I think you're going way out on the limb here. If we made a bet, and it was Louis, you can have X number of teams to win the title today, and Dan gets the field. How many teams would you give me? Uh, I'll give you the eight. So I can I can choose my own eight. You can choose your own eight of the teams today that you think will win the national championship. Okay. And I'll take everybody else. Okay. I will uh, do that, and we will circle back tomorrow. Okay. okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. okay. So what did you think of the list? Um, I liked it, mostly. Um, I, I think that Alabama and Houston are both very good. I think Kansas is not great right now, but they keep winning because they play at Fog Allen. <laughs> um, I don't think TCU or Purdue are long-term title contenders. Um, I don't know what to make of Texas. I will say, Alabama, did you see the news out of Alabama? Yes, uh, terrible. I don't know how much that affects the team. I know he wasn't playing a bunch, but he's been there for numerous years. I think this is his third season there. If people don't know... One of the senior guards, um, therefore, gosh, I should be more accurate about this. Um, one of Alabama, or excuse me, Texas, uh, Alabama, gosh. Alabama. Louis, get this right. Um, so Darius Miles is his name. He was uh, arrested on capital murder after uh, uh, charges after a shooting near campus um, with a 23-year-old woman dying in her car. And uh, he was booked into uh, Tuscaloosa Jail yesterday around 6.45 e- in the evening, Eastern Time. Um, he's a junior forward who comes off the bench, uh, and immediately Alabama removed him from both um, the university roles and from the team. And <clears throat> so I don't know how much, because he has an accomplice as well named Michael Davis, who's from Maryland. I don't know how much that's going to affect their team or how much it'll galvanize them because I think he was a point and a half kind of player or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a shocking thing to have a guy that you've been hanging out with. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable on any college campus, but to have, I mean, how do kids make such bad decisions? Unbelievable. Any concern that, that Oates is running a program like Bliss used to run at Baylor? Uh, no. Okay. No. No. <laughs> He's smarter than that. Yeah. I, um, so. And another tragedy over the weekend on a college campus, or close to one anyway, was uh, the Georgia, the, the, the automobile accident that claimed the life of a, of a player and a staff member. At, at Georgia just hours after they celebrated the national championship. So, yeah. so you how never much do know? No, that's right. Um, you, I, I don't know with Darius Miles' you know, situation at Alabama, how much that will affect the team. Um, once in a while it forces a, a, a coming together of, of guys that they, you know, they, they put their arms around each other and say, look, this is, you know, 
we're, we're better without and we'll move on and, and do those things. Um, but I, I, I don't know uh, to answer some several texts that we're getting on that. I do think Houston's absolutely a player. I think they're they're really good, and I trust Kelvin Sampson to, to coach a team through a tournament. Kansas, I mentioned Purdue. I just it's been so long since that program has been somewhere. The pedigree just isn't the same as other places, and so to <laughs> to go against my own thinking, which is that Alabama has some kind of basketball pedigree, which it doesn't. Um, I think Alabama's <laughs> just got more dudes than than Purdue does. I'll put it that way. TCU, I don't know what to make of TCU, man. I, you know, this idea that beating Kansas State by a lot matters, I guess, you know, it, you know, they get all five starters back from a team that lost in overtime to Arizona in the second round of the NCAA tournament. To that, I would say the most disappointing teams this year are the, guy, are the teams that brought the most people back. Isn't that amazing? So the, 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 the dynamic in college sports has changed. I was talking about this with Sweezy in the, in the bullpen one day. And I don't know, have you ever seen these graphs, Avery, where it's like the most populated city in the world and they do it at once a decade and it changes over time. So like, you know, in 1900, it was London. And then in 2000, it was, it was Mexico city or Beijing or something like that. Have you seen yeah. those? And the lines get longer and longer and longer. And I think that's what college basketball is that like Kentucky this year is, is London's population in 1900. Like having guys come back rather than what they're going to do next year. You need new, you need new to be better at college basketball. It's a weird thing about college basketball, but it seems to matter. So TCU getting all those guys back, to me, is not a massive positive for winning the national title. Again, Texas, who the bleep knows? It seems as though they have a good structure down there and with the, the assistance and what have you. But, I mean, you can't just tell me how great Chris Beard is and then remove him from the equation and tell me they're going to be fine. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I simply won't buy that. Um, UCLA, like you said, it, it would be the ugliest run to a championship in NCAA oh, history. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just – and then Virginia, speaking of ugly runs to championships, um, you know, I, I, I mean, they're good on defense. But, I mean, what – this offensive efficiency stuff, like, they're still not interesting offensively. So, I, I don't know. Virginia, they did it once. They, they also lost to a 16 seed, so we'll, we'll see. I think Arizona should be in that group. Um, I think that I don't know how good Tennessee is. I don't know how much of a Saturday was just you scouted for one thing and you got something very different from Kentucky. I just don't know. Um, UConn has looked bad recently. Yeah, and yeah, um, and then I'm they sp- were the, they were one of the teams that got beat yesterday. I think. Yeah, was I think they've lost four or five or five or six something like that. I mean, it's getting, yeah, they're, they're sliding right now. They need to yeah for sure. You need to pull out of that uh, tailspin, but um, but no, I. You're right. This is going right, to be a well, lot I'll harder look, than I thought. I'll, yeah, I'll, no, I look forward. I look forward to your to your eight teams tomorrow. I look forward to that. That will oh, be man. fun. All right. That'll so uh, some reminders of programming on the 93.9 side tonight. Kenny Payne show seven to eight on uh, 93.9 The Villain on the app. <clears throat> that reruns uh, the next day from two to three before Mark Ennis's show. If you're interested in that as well, and then uh, of course we will have. We are your home for the NFL playoffs. Bucks Cowboys um, tonight, uh, 7.30. Do you like the Monday night playoff games, Dan? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was two on Saturday, three yesterday. Don't cram another one in over the weekend. I was going to try to say you either play some... three on Saturday or you don't cram in four on Sunday. So the Monday's better than four on Sunday for sure. Uh, without question, because then you'd have overlapping games, and they the NFL certainly doesn't want to do that. Did you see they pushed back the start of the Giants Minnesota game because of the Bills game? 
Oh, really? They actually kicked it 20 minutes later. They flexed it the day, like during the game. <laughs> I, I was surprised. I was I was watching the first game, and usually, uh, you know, the, the the NFL is great at making these things three hours. I mean, the, you can you can run out of bounds and be over on the bench uh, trying to get through players to get back to the field, and the clock's still running. I mean, it's 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 Not amazing. Wrong. And so I I was watching the uh, the Bills Miami game and I'm thinking well we got plenty of time and so as soon as it's over uh, I I switch it over to the other game and they're like 11 there's like 11 minutes left in the first quarter I couldn't believe that they started one and you said they had to move it back to keep it that separate huh yeah 20 minutes was the uh, was the, they went from uh, 3:30 central to 3:50 central something like that so mm. um, mm. but no but that's that's called intelligence like just move the games tell yeah. fox they're moving the games oh you want to yeah. have these games great move the kickoff back you're gonna be exactly fine. they got they got 47 guys and gals on the pregame shows i mean you can talk for 10 more minutes can't you what does terry bradshaw think <laughs> had the same bad haircut since 1979 the um and so that'll be on 70, at 7 30 uh on 680 and immediately following kenny payne will pick up that uh, broadcast in progress over there as well. So all stations starting at 8 o'clock uh, tonight. And, of course, uh, Louisville back in action on Wednesday. They host Pittsburgh, 5.30 pregame, 7 o'clock. Play-by-play, 9.30 postgame show. Ethan Moore picking that one up for you on the Coors Light postgame show all Wednesday on 93.9 Your Home for the Cards. We will get to the Monday morning more on at 11. And um, roll on with that. Uh, of all of the sort of, I, I, you know, all of the NFL games, and we can dive in and back in and out of these. Yeah, I think we should because they did were. You learn, uh, did you learn something? I did. Ooh. I did. And, and the, the, the biggest, my biggest takeaway from the weekend is that uh, Peterson in Jacksonville mm. is, a, is an outstanding coach. An outstanding coach, and and one I thought the turning point in that Jacksonville Charger game was at halftime when Coach Peterson explained to Trevor Lawrence his team was wearing teal uniforms and not and not white uniforms. I I thought that I thought that changed the whole game, Louis. Once Trevor understood he was supposed to throw it to the guys in the teal uniforms, that game turned instantly. So I I thought that was a, a, a brilliant move by Coach Peterson. Did you see the stat that Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on Saturday between uh, high school, college? And the NFL now, really never lost a game on a Saturday. Now, he, I'll tell you what, he was two different players. Now That's an insane you really, stat. you really can't put all of it on Trevor. The first one, the first one, the ball got tipped. The second one, his teammate thought that he had been interfered with, yeah. and he just stopped. He said, "Oh, I, I know a flag's coming here." He just stopped, and and it probably was uh, pass interference. That didn't get called, um, but four interceptions. How you come back from four interceptions? And and and, and I'm going to give the Chargers an assist in this one because you know they're up 27 to seven at halftime, mm. and they go to the four corners. 
And I, I never understood this. If you're a team, no matter what sport you're playing, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, if you have a big lead on the team, put your foot on their throat and bury them. This idea that you've got a big lead and so you're just going to play the second half not to lose, that, that seems to backfire a lot. And that's exactly what happened to the Chargers. It's why when Georgia kept their foot on the pedal on Monday, we gave them credit. Yep. They did the right thing. There is yep. no – there's no – and you know what I liked? I, I didn't see a single thing about like, oh, they're, it's poor sportsmanship or it's whatever. Um, it, it was just everyone understood that Georgia had to do that. That's how they were going to play. That's how they were going to win. And so I give them credit for, for that. And then you see it literally on Sunday – excuse me, Saturday, literally five days later, the Chargers don't do that and they lose. Period. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, you know, it was it was a combination of them ge- getting very conservative and and Jacksonville starting to play like Jacksonville. But uh, I, I thought uh, they were all entertaining. Uh, you know, a- after church yesterday, my son and I were talking about the upcoming games, and he said, and I agreed with him. He said, "What a bunch of blah games!" <laughs> and all three of them turned out to be great. Right. Yeah. And and a couple couple of these favorites, Louis, uh, escaped by the skin of their teeth, and we'll uh, we'll talk more about it later. But one of them is about a uh, hundred miles up the Ohio River. They that the Bengals were lucky they came away with a win there. Yeah, no, so really, really great. Um, <clears throat> over and over again, um, sort of games that we always kind of just expect now from the NFL, and and frankly, you know, we got lucky because. We complained about the Georgia TCU game, but we got two great semifinal games on that side, and then we get a bunch of great NFL games to follow it up. And so now football, I mean, it's, I mean, it gives us it gives us a great postseason. And I think you know if you start talking about oh, it's not going to be interesting in the in the college football playoff, man, I, I think the NFL is showing that actually it can be. Mm. And so I'm hoping that that is a. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm not asking Dan that question. <laughs> We're not doing that. Um, oh, did you hear about this? Yeah, Dan. Okay. Did you see? So, speaking of sports betting, you are done sports betting forever. Yes. Did My you, $5 has come and gone. Did you see when the Chargers were up 27 nothing? someone bet $1.4 million to win ten grand? No. <laughs> no. Do you want to send me $1.4 million? Or 140 grand or 14 grand? <laughs> I'd be cool with any of yeah, those. Right. <laughs> what do you think, man? Uh, well, I, I, obviously he didn't. He didn't know that what Coach Peterson was going to explain to Trevor at halftime, uh, <laughs> or, or, or he would, or he wouldn't have made that bet. Well, that was the that was the play. They get down 27 nothing. You you put 10 bucks to win on the on the Jaguars. Because if you lose, it's ten bucks, and if they win, you get—I mean, it's probably twelve, fifteen to one, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, so today is um, is the birth date of Frank Zamboni. Ooh, do you know who Frank Zamboni was? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild guess and and say he invented the ice smoother machine. There you go. That's correct. Can you name other products that are named after people? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one that you probably didn't know. The saxophone is named after Adolf Sax. How about that? 
Really? The bowler hat is named after Bill Bowler, <laughs> designed it in the 1850s. I think you know one in Denver, the Mason Jar, after the Mason family, John May- yeah. John Landis Mason. Yeah. Now, s- and now, oh, we didn't mention that. Which one? Another triple-double from Nikola Jokic. Yeah, but it wasn't night. very impressive. You know, in, I mean. <laughs> well, but what was impressive? What was impressive is that he makes a three-pointer to win the game against the sorry Orlando Magic. They and he has to hit a three-pointer to ice the victory. <laughs> the Salisbury steak is named after uh, James Salisbury. Graham crackers after man named Sylvester Graham. The Ferris wheel after. George Ferris. How about that? You like those, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> the jacuzzi. Isn't the, hamb- isn't the hamburger named after the Duke of Ham- well, Hamburger? Or something? It's named after, yeah, it's named after the town. Silhouette is named after Etienne de Silhouette. How about that? <laughs> and, of course, the jacuzzi. After the jacuzzi family, which I'm sure the Valvanos hang out with on the weekends. How you doing? Jacuzzi. <laughs> How you doing? Take us to break, Dan. We'll do some more on, on the other side. <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that or not. First hour hey, of the show. <laughs> first hour of the show is brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Tourism. When you're ready to explore the outdoors, there's no better place than the Bluegrass State. Hike, bike, paddle, fish, or venture deep underground. This is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Make your plans today at KentuckyTourism.com. Tired of eating the same homemade meals over and over again? Want to switch it up? LocallyOwnedDelivery.com safely brings the restaurants to you. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, they'll bring it to you. Delivery.com delivers some of the finest restaurants in Metro Louisville. Miss going out to eat but still want to support your favorite restaurants? Delivery.com has got you covered. Use promo code ORDERNOW for $10 off your next order. Sit back, relax. Your meal's on its way. Delivery.com. We bring the restaurants to you. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Injured in a car accident? Visit suedistracteddriver.com. 